Welcome to the Tuesday mashup. Uh, myself, Sean Newman, host of the Sean Newman podcast. And then, of course, Mr. Twos, who uh, he's doing his best uh, Sean Newman impression right now. He's he's uh, he's got a audio connection and he's kind of like fuzzy, but he's making it work. And I appreciate the effort, Twos. How are you doing this week? The show must go on, my friend. <laughs> we're we're going to make it work. Well, I asked last week, if you're listening to the show, uh, reach out and let us know what you thought of it. Uh, there was some people calling for some heads. I'm joking around, but uh, definitely fact checking on us. And I, I enjoy that. So if you're listening to the show and you're like, I don't know, boys, like where are you getting this information from? Um, we have a list of like actual links where we keep everything. So uh, I'm good with that. If you don't like our takes, I'm also good with that. I had a lady from BC, Dairy, uh, dairy Farmer. I hope she was a lady. Jeez, now I'm forgetting where where i where i put that message it but was i don't it was, have it, right i don't have it in front of me either but yeah it was it was a lady who's a dairy farmer slash teacher she, and she brought up a what i think is is a really good point is she thinks that that you would do well to have somebody who's an expert in the dairy industry um she she thought that my comment about the dairy cartel being a gatekeeper wasn't entirely fair and i think that she has some interesting points. I don't agree with them all. And I'm not a huge expert is, is the huge caveat. I, I'm definitely at arm's length, but I think in terms of economics, when you take extra stuff from some people and give it to other people, just based entirely on a bureaucratic center, making decisions, I don't, I don't really see that as being fair. And she brought up the fact that, uh, a bunch of small farmers wouldn't be able to make sufficient profit if they weren't able to artificially raise the prices, which, yeah, I mean, she, well, I tell you what, she was she, trying to make she the argument back for out, me. She reached back out and she's hooked yeah. me up with a couple of, of avenues to kind of dig into, which I'm currently doing. So we'll see if on the podcast yes. we can't, we can't go down the old dairy farm uh, rabbit hole and we'll see what comes of it. So, uh, to everyone listening, we, we asked and we received in, in, uh, in, I don't know, boatloads of, of different feedback. That was one of them. Here's, here's a couple others. Okay. I'm also love here. Here's some love for the mashup. And she did have a ton of love except for that take. I yeah, should point out. Absolutely. Uh, I'm yeah. also loving your Tuesday mashups, especially with Q. They were talking about QDM. Um, I'm from Regina and appreciate, uh, this was a government worker and appreciate you bring a Saskatchewan perspective, not only from Alberta, seems like everyone else is from Alberta or Ontario. Keep up the great podcast with twos. That was MG. Here's another one. I love the twos mashups. Always good for a chuckle. The joke about the mine machine. How did he even test it in Eastern Canada? Uh, laughy face. Also, I work at TD, and I know our code of conduct. It states employees should not engage in any political activity in the workplace unless authorized by senior management and or the government relations group from our region. I'm grateful that I usually work from home all by myself so I can listen to your podcast. I thought that was a couple of uh, cool ones. And then here's Morning from Greg from Calgary. Love the mashup. Gets, uh, gets both to the top of the playlist every Tuesday. Keep them uh, rolling. So there there you go. There's There's a whole bunch of them um coming in uh, from all over the place and candace was the lady who is the dairy farmer yeah which i mean by the way i totally appreciate the comment right absolutely it's like i said i'm not a huge expert on this and if anybody wants to shed more light on things by all means bring it on uh 
So anyway, I, I definitely appreciated it. Hey, if you w- listeners want to call twos on some of the shit, I'm all for it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and we keep, we were just talking about it because one person asked like the one thing that we didn't have in the show notes. And now I got to try and track it down, but we do keep fairly fastidious notes on the things we do cover. Well, that, that's, so, yeah, that's, if you're wondering, that, I was going to say any, anyone who's like, you got, you know, you got links to all this. I'm looking at all the links right now, but if you ask me a question from a while back, that's where it gets like, ah, oh, damn it. Now I gotta, now I gotta dig through the show notes because they are actually pretty in depth, uh, under, you know, in my opinion. Yes. And actually if, if you're doing one from a little ways back, if you can ask which, or if you can mention which week it was or specifically what the topic was, that definitely helps too, because we just have listed by week. Okay, here's one more. Uh, this this guy's been a huge fan of the my 222 cents like from the get go. He's been super supportive and just constantly cheering me on. And he said, "You people, yourself and Sean, make good podcasts." <laughs> well, we I I love all the feedback from listeners, especially when they say you people. Anyways, uh, yeah. if you're wanting to get a shout out, uh, by all means, hit me up on the text line. It's in all the show notes in my on the on the podcast. Reach out to twos. We'll do our best to try and shed some light. And as two says, if you hate it, we'll read those too. We'll have some fun with it because I mean, uh, uh, you know, this, that's what this is all about. So, without further ado, we got a week ahead of us. So let's uh, let's see how we do here, twos, and uh, and we'll. And we'll go from there. Um, and with that said, I'll start the clock. Here's your first one. Government of Canada lackeys told to come back with a warrant. This is in Saskatchewan where, where they're they're finding Government of Canada um, members testing water dugouts on private land. And basically no explanation given the government or the government of Saskatchewan has called out the federal government. And here we are. Well, that's not entirely true. It's not that there's no explanation given. It's just that there's no legal explanation given. So what they said was, so they were just pulling up into people's pastures and checking dugouts and sloughs. And uh, with government of Canada written all over the side of the vehicle. And then some farmer strolls up and says, can I help you, motherfucker? And they're like, it's okay. We're the government. We can be here. And technically they can't because they don't have jurisdiction for it. One of the things that Stephen Harper always took shit for, but it was the liberals who started the ball rolling on it before he took over, was that the federal government and the provincial governments all took care of looking after how good the water was in Canada. And then the liberals said, hey, actually, you know what? Why do we have two separate entities taking care of this whole thing at the same time? We could actually save a lot of money if we got rid of it. And then it's funny because they started phasing it out, but it finished under Harper. It was a good thing, but then everybody got mad at Harper because he's like, oh, you're not protecting the water anymore. Why don't you care about the water? And so it's funny because they got it completely ass backwards for the most part. But the end result is that the federal government has no jurisdiction over this, but they're checking nitrogen levels, which presumably has to do with their whole we don't like farmers. We don't like the things they make, and we want them to stop doing it. Uh, I, I know a couple of farmers here. where I wouldn't want to be caught trespassing on their land. That's all I'm saying. And they might have used those words when they saw those people. Meme Lord goes to meet and greet. The left loses its shit. 
Now I know that's a twos headline, so fire away twos. They're almost all twos headlines this week. We've only got the one that isn't. But <laughs> so can you guess? Uh, it, Jeremy, folks? can you guess which one it is, folks? Carry on. Oh, actually, you know what? That'll be good. Yeah, let us know this week which one is not. <laughs> oh, I don't know. You might recognize the headline, and that'll make it easy, right? But uh, so what happened was is that Jeremy McKenzie, the raging dissident, he's been on your show. I'm I'm a fan of uh, his stuff. He is a fairly vocal PPC supporter, but he went to a meet and greet with Pierre Polyev, shook his hand, got a picture with him, as tens of thousands of people have done, and then he posted on social media, and then of course. Global loses its mind because this is the Diagonal guy and has never ever bothered to look into the fact that Diagonal is just this goofy meme, this just bullshit rant he did when he was drunk and high, I think it was, on his podcast. And everybody has been taking it seriously. Like this whole thing is just laughably absurd. And so now they're saying, like, oh, well, Pierre, he needs to denounce far right white supremacy and all of this stuff. And the cool thing about Pierre, and he's absolutely putting on a masterclass in terms of working with the legacy media, is that this whole, oh, shoot, I screwed up. I denounce whatever it is that happened. He, he's just saying, well, I can't personally be responsible for every jackass I shake hands with. And then he actually threw in a dig at Trudeau. He's like, I'm shaking hands with Trudeau, and I can't personally take responsibility for all his racist shit. That's not a direct quote, obviously. But the point is, is that uh, they're all expecting him like, you just need to say the words. You need to say the words. They're trying to essentially bully him into it. And he's just like, no, no, I will. I will address this on my own terms. And you guys can go fuck yourself. And yeah, more I, people need to say that to the legacy media. I uh, here's here's something for you and and the the audience. I have Mr. Rage coming back on the podcast here this week because of all the stuff that is absolutely blowing the freaking lid all i see is him and i told i text him like what is going on man they're 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 labeling you like a terrorist and everything else i i've interviewed the guy i'm not saying that like he doesn't like if you listen to some of his rants especially with this rachel gilmore i'm like what is going on? Like he is losing his top and Rachel Gilmore. I mean, she's, she's be, like, she's blown up out of all this too, too. It's like her name is everywhere right now. Yeah, but it's just a flash in the pan. She's got absolutely no substance. All she does is she's been doing fair, a good job of trying to put herself front and center whenever anything happens and just trying to just bait people into making her look like a victim. Victim baiting, I guess, is probably the word for it. And the only other thing I got to say uh, about Jeremy is that he really dropped the ball in one very small way. He, he needed to think one more step ahead. What he should have done was over the past year or two, he should have gone and met with Jagmeet Singh when Jagmeet Singh was in Dartmouth and, you know, shook his hand, take a picture, just stole it away. Oh, Trudeau's doing a meet and greet, shake his hand, stow it away. Oh, Elizabeth May. Um, if that, you know, if he's ever in that would have been great. Uh, I'll, I'll, I tell you what, I'll bring that up with him because that would have been fantastic. If he and yeah, who knows, maybe maybe he's got a couple in the bag. Maybe he's got a couple there. Yeah. I don't know. 
Liberals hire the most racist person possible as high-paid anti-racism consultant. Yeah, so this is this guy is like concentrated blackface. It's like black hole face. Like it's just it's crazy. So this dude who oh shoot, I can't remember what the heck his name is, but um he got hired on essentially that he's supposed to be this anti-racism consultant that's going to work towards controlling what we see on the internet. And he hates Jewish people. Holy fuck. Ahmed Hussein. Uh, no, Ahmed Hussein is the, the guy who hired minister of yes, yes. some shit. I don't know. There's so many of them. I can't even keep track. And I mean, they all look the same liberals. I mean, and so Lace Maruf is the guy's name. And Thank you. so Jonathan Kay, who works for the Quillette, which is an Australian based newspaper, but he works in Canada. He's got literally dozens of screenshots of this stuff going crazy. Here's the thing, though. I will say this about Lace Maruf. He's not all bad. He has had a lot of negative things to say about the French, like pages of them. And so, I mean, I can get behind that. <laughs> but it's just it's really funny because because if you've got one confederate flag in a convoy the whole thing's racist if you've got one guy who shakes hands with the founder of diagonal well obviously white supremacy he's a horrible person right but if you hire a guy who is racist as shit and bring him on and pay him almost 500 dollars a day to be a bullshit consultant that just slipped through the cracks obviously we don't support that and we're just going to get a pass on it for fuck the double standard is kind of irritating. Uh, you know, this one might be suiting for the both of us. How podcasts have become misinformation machines and what can be done about it, Twos? What can be done about these assholes on podcasts spreading the misinformation? The simple answer, Sean, is fucking nothing. <laughs> Literally, yeah, so apparently, literally, the article talks about how there's no way to really stop it because you can listen to podcasts before you're going to bed, while you're doing the dishes, while you're walking the dog. While you're out it's for like a walk. sitting right there. And the far right is taking yeah. full advantage of this. And all you listeners are just dummies and you need to smarten up. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And who wrote an article like this? The Dying Legacy Media. This is this is like when you're storming, you're trying to storm the castle and you're lying on the ground bleeding out. You just randomly fire your last shot into the air, hoping it hits something. Uh, this is it. Like these guys, these guys are going the way of the dodo. See, I was, I would, and, I would say Monty Python, search for the Holy Grail. Tis but a scratch. You have no arms. Oh, they got a bit more. The, well, I still fight you. I mean, classic movie. Get away! Get back here! I'll bite your ankles. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. so do you want more these, on that? Guys... I'm I'm blowing it a little <laughs> early. I just figured they, they, at this point it's like podcasts are misinformation. Jeez, this is old news. Hey guys, two years—that's oh. what they've been saying the entire uh, time. Right. It's misinformation twos, everything. And you know what? And now they're all just getting sacked. And speaking of getting sacked in the legacy media. That was that was a callback to like the intro to Monty Python where they'll go through the thing with the llamas. Anyway, <laughs> let's continue.
Well, actually, I thought you were going to say, speaking of getting sacked, well, the next headline is Lisa LaFlamme told to kick rocks. I just assume you knew the, the script and it was coming right for you. Well, I, I, I did because I, I got the next tab open, but I didn't have the show notes. So I couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't remember what my, oh shit. Okay, well, that one was mine. Lisa Flam told to kick rocks, but uh, uh, yeah, I couldn't remember exactly how I worded it. So I what do you make of this? Sorry, what do you make of this? Me and you have been talking about this back and forth. Is it because of the gray hair? Is because she's she's old as uh, two listeners? She's 58, right? We were 58. Yeah, and she was pretty as good two, for 58. As two listeners pointed out to me, because I said in a podcast, or somebody said in a podcast, that 58 is old. 58 is not old. And they're doing quite well. And I was like, you know what? You're right. I used to think 36 was old, and now I'm sitting at 36, and I feel young as shit. So uh, I'm hoping at 58, I'm still rocking and kicking it. So what, what's your make on LaFlamme? Well, it's interesting because there's not really anything definitive. So she gets fired out of the blue, and that was clear. And so now, of course, immediately it's it's misogyny. You know, they they let her go because she's a woman and she's old, and women aren't allowed to get old in in media. And she went with the gray hair, and she got old, and that's why they fired her. Here's the thing, though: like she got fired abruptly, and she did not go gray abruptly, and she did not become old abruptly. It's not like she was 28, you know, last spring. So right. if you were throwing so, money on it, if you were throwing money on it, what would you say? I like uh, Brian Lilly had a good take on it, and that's that uh, the Patrick Brown controversy that that ousted him from the Ontario Liberal Party was all based on a bunch of accusations that CTV ran with uh, during the whole Me Too thing, and they ended up settling out of court. And everybody's really tight-lipped about the finer points of it. But the thing about it is, is that if he'd have lost the case, or, you know, so they, I can't remember if they, however it went, anyways. But they were really tight-lipped about it, and that basically just says that he was vindicated. And Lisa Flam was kind of at the head of that back, back in the day, and it probably cost CTV a lot of money which they just go to the government to get. So we pay for bad journalism once again. And I mean, if you're going to lose a really high profile, expensive case, something like that, well, maybe they don't want you around anymore. It could be a combination of a bunch of things. I was but I hoping... don't think it was because she's old and gray. Mountie sends dick pics to sexual assault victim and then gets off. You just can't make that up. Yes. You just can't make that. I... How many times <laughs> in a row in a week or in this collective weeks does law enforcement do something where you're like, just use better judgment? Like that is just absolute poor judgment. It's just you you read the article and he's just you know like he's even saying yeah I I was an idiot, and you're just like yeah. reading it and you're going, you're an idiot. Now, what is probably pretty troubling is he got back pay because they went about it yes. in, a, in, in a wrong way. So he actually gets paid, quits, and gets all his money and walks away after he completely yeah, he is in the wrong. Pay for not exactly sure, depending on the the timeline wasn't exactly specific. But if you go by the time of the article. Back, back to 2018. Yeah, yeah but where, when he got fired. True, so he true. got roughly three or three and a half years worth of back pay for this. But yeah, he goes to investigate the sexual assault victim. 
And then they're kind of just, and he's just like, are you feeling this vibe? Are you feeling this vibe? And then he starts sending her well, text and messages here's, here's the and thing. dirty stuff. And even if she, she might've been flirting with him, right? Like it doesn't, Fair, and it, it, the article reads that she may have, may have had a little play in this, but as a police yeah. officer who's investigating after the fact of a second, like of anyways, I just, it boggles my mind. Yeah. Use better judgment. It's very it's poor, judgment. poor taste and, and very unprofessional and colossally stupid. And do you really want someone who's going to make that bad of a decision wearing a badge? I mean, here's the thing. She could be as hot as you want. Like she could be Selma Hayek just walking off the set of from dusk till dawn in 1995. And, you know, telling you in that, hot Spanish Latina accent about what just happened. And you'd be like, well, shoot, I'm never going to get a chance to meet this woman again. And you'd still have to be like, okay, thank you very much, ma'am. We'll look into this. And that's it. You, you can't, you can't not even for Selma. You know, <laughs> the article does read though. She showed her, showed him a picture of her after getting out of the shower or before getting in the shower to show some of the damage that had been done, you know, like the bruises, what have you. And didn't realize her boobs were out there. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she so, showed him her so, sweater. So I, I, so I tell you what, if that was Selma Hayek, I'd be like reading in there. I'd be like Selma. Like back then, I would I was probably losing my job for Selma Hayek. That's all I'm saying. That that's I'd be like Selma. Are we catching the same drift here? I'm kidding. I'm teasing. Yeah. I, it but was you're poor not judgment. Send it was a poor judgment. message saying that you need to inspect her for damage after she's been sexually assaulted. Come on. I know. And that's I'm making, what this guy did. I'm making, I'm making a, a anyways, I, you know, I'm trying to be the, anyways, it was very poor judgment. <laughs> Law enforcement for another week just cannot hold up its end of the bargain. Get <sighs> your shit together, law enforcement. Healthcare system comes up with a novel way to cut costs. Can you believe a new idea? Well, I wonder what it is. Kill everyone who needs it. Yeah, just fucking kill him. There was a guy who in 2019 said he was depressed and he went in and they convinced him to have government assisted suicide and the list of um, underlying conditions or whatever on the form. The only thing on the form was hearing loss. Anybody who knows me in real life knows that I'm a moderately deaf motherfucker. So, I mean, they're coming for me, right? Like, you seriously, like, oh, hey, we ha happen to notice that your ears aren't working as well as they should. Well, this is the end of the line for you. You got nothing else to offer society. All you're going to do is cost us money. We're going to have to kill you. And here's this, the thing. If we're going to use that logic, let's apply it to retired government employees. Ooh. I, the medically assisted death program, Bill C-7, uh, I hadn't really thought much about it, too, so I got to be honest. I, you know, all these different bills coming out, and you know, I'm like, Bill C-7, well, which one's this, right? This one, you know, is like, okay. It's dark, dude. And it's, it's interesting dark. because... Uh, on some level, I can appreciate where they're coming from because they actually break down the expected cost savings by convincing people to kill themselves, which on every level except economic is horribly wrong. But when you're, when you're running a big country 
you can look at it and say, we figured out how much money it's going to save us. Now, we're not completely soulless assholes, so we're not going to do it, but we're still making an educated decision, right? So like, you can do the math without pulling the trigger, right? But, I mean, they, they actually told, there was a woman, I, I, there's not really any way to verify it, but there was a woman who claimed on Twitter that when her dad was going to do the assisted dying program, they asked him to go straight to the crematorium. They weren't going to do it in the hospital. They said, can you just save us the hearse ride? Because we don't want to deal with that added cost either. Can you just go straight to the fucking graveyard? Well, and the one I, the one I uh, listened to was, was a Canadian military vet who um, was in some trouble and they bring it up to him and he's like, what? No. Right. And you just like, and then the military. And they uh, wouldn't take no for an answer either. And, and the military veterans uh, spoke out about it. Like there's a lot of people that come back that may actually take, may do that because they want a way out because they're, they're fucked up. I mean, they come back from war and, and, and seeing a lot of things that us regular folk don't get to see. Mm -hmm. Anyways, it's a real dark topic that once again, Bill C7, I was like, okay, what's Bill, Bill C7. And then it blew up and I'm like, holy like we just can't catch a win here in Canada. We just keep the liberals just have been in getting... charge for seven years. Yeah, there's there's nothing. But the like it just it's just this endless rabbit hole of shit. But the liberals have been in charge for seven years, and this is their best idea so far for saving money. Come on. Professional crybabies assume gender of Scotland's first period dignity officer. I don't know why we have to keep talking about Scotland all the time. Maybe we'll pick up a follower uh, base there too. I tell you what, if anyone's listening from from Scotland, Scotland, I would love to know. I would love to know if we got one Scottish listener. Anyways, carry on. But if you're going to say something, send in an audio clip. Yes. I tell you what, and if you do, we might just play that shit. Hey, I, I tell you what, whether I we think, can understand I, it or not, I think that's I think that's better for everybody. If from now on, stop texting the text line, put it in audio form, and let, let's hear your voice. I like that idea. I think that's a grand idea, and uh, you can be as colorful as you want. That that's I'm well within reason. Anyways, carry on, carry on. Yeah, yeah. Try and keep it tight though. I mean, we don't we don't muck around just lollygagging all the time, right? But you lollygag in the infield. You lollygag in the open. You know what that makes it? Lollygag. So Jason Grant was announced as the period dignity officer for the Tay region in a role believed to be the first of its kind, which probably isn't far from the fucking truth, after Scotland became the first country in the world to protect the law to free period products in law. I was talking to somebody about this one time, and I was just like, it was like a few years ago. It was the first time I'd ever really heard about it. And I was just like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm kind of confused right now. Can you explain this to me? And they're like, no. And they got all mad at me for asking. And here's the thing. If I can't even ask for you to explain it to me, it's probably a shit idea. And so anyway, I don't know if this is just them trolling, but they said, okay, we need a period dignity officer. And they picked a dude. They picked somebody with balls. Because that's what it takes to run this show. <laughs> Period. And then everybody gets mad 
and they just assume that just because his name's Jason, he must be a man. But you can't just assume people's gender nowadays. But they did anyway because it went along with their thing. That's yeah. probably for the best. How about uh, union strike slows the flow of booze to a trickle? Oh, union. Get- God bless them. What were we talking about with our unions in the CBC? Uh, I don't know. I don't actually. I don't know anymore. Some days I feel like I'm a hamster on a wheel, and all we do is like regurgitate the same things, but it's completely different headlines. I'm like, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> unions yeah. fucking yeah, shit is, up. Yeah, yeah, unions fucking shit up. So the way it works, I'm not entirely sure about the finer points of this, and I didn't really have time to do like a a deep dive for a two minute conversation, which is a damn shame because it would be kind of fun. But in Alberta, the way it used to be was that all of the booze had to get sent to Edmonton to a warehouse and then redistributed back out again. And then people said, look, if, if it's coming from Lethbridge where they make Pilsner and it's going up to Edmonton and then it goes back to Lethbridge to get sold, maybe we could just like move it around on pieces of paper. And then they're like, well, we can't do that. It's never been done before, which is just classic government shit. But anyways, it finally went through. And I'm guessing that BC has something similar to that, where the booze all has to get distributed through another gatekeeper that Polyev isn't talking about because it's a union. And so anyway, they're going to go on strike. And so no one's going to move the pallets from one end of the warehouse to the other which is important for the function of democracy. And because of it, everybody's got to be fucking sober, which must be absolute hell in an NDP-ran shithole. I might sound biased. Uh, How about Europe commits to the great blunder? Never get involved in a land war in Asia. One of the things that just shocked me is the Google searches for firewood. It's this lovely little trend, little trend, and then this giant spike. Because, I mean, yeah, so, we all so know what's coming. Blips. Right? It blips during what's probably the winter every year. There's these little blips, little blips, little blips, little blips. And it's like two and a half times as much as the worst winter since 2004, presumably when they started keeping records. Kind of like, I don't know, you remember back in the day when YouTube used to have like the um, the views by month? I was looking at that one time for a County Crows song called Long December, and it just looked like a heartbeat pulse. And then this is that, except all of a sudden it just goes through the moon. And so, yeah, there's, if you get your natural gas from one place in the world, and then you decide to start a proxy war against them, you're probably going to have trouble getting natural gas. I can't believe I need to explain this to anybody. Is is Peter Sweden, you know, I think uh, if you're on Twitter, you know, whether that's his actual, you know, what his handle, if his name's Peter, it doesn't matter. He said electricity prices are getting so expensive in the Baltic countries that a 10 minute shower, 10 minute hot shower, I correct myself, will cost $25 just in electricity. You think that's true? Like, I know it's getting well, here's, I I actually wanted to address the, do you think this is true specifically? Because he didn't really cite any sources for this. But I have seen stuff he's put up before that has been credible, right? So so kind of if, if you go off his track record, it makes sense, but there's nothing directly backing it up. But I can't see it as being too terribly far-fetched. Yeah, well, the thing I is... I mean, it depends it, how the, hot you like your water. 
but but the thing is, is what he is, he he I feel like on it he's he's being a little facetious. But in saying that, we all know when you get your power from one source and they're going down for oh we need to clean today and you don't have any alternatives. Um, he's not far off. Is is kind of what we're getting at. They're gonna have you know power outages, rolling blackouts. Like and, and once again, uh, I'm just looking at the scene from afar going like this ain't gonna end well like this just ain't gonna end well no i mean it'll end well for russia because they've got all the natural gas and canada can't get any of the tide water we're currently selling it to the u.s at about a quarter of the world rate but that's i mean when when the existing pipelines to to coast to ports are already full that's the only outlet and here's the thing like if you if you're the only buyer in a market, you just be like, okay, well, I'll give you just enough to cover your expenses. And they'll say, okay, yeah, that's good enough. And it's funny. I mean, if we had more pipelines, right. And then that ties into the other thing where Canada just gave Ukraine a $450 million loan for heating fuel. They went to Canada and said, we need a way to keep our people warm. And Canada said, We've got some of the largest oil and gas proven reserves in the world, but we can't move them. So I guess here, have some money, but spend it fast because inflation's a bitch in Canada right now. Here's a guy I didn't think we'd see again on the show. I got to be honest. Stephen Del Duga's uh, uh, list of failures <laughs> now includes reintegrating into society. I thought this guy was disappearing. I, I just thought he was gone. And then, well, I mean, to be man. He, he's. He's running for mayor of Vaughan, Ontario. And so he lives in the neighboring community. I'm not exactly sure how close or tight stuff in and around Toronto is, but it looks like he's in a neighboring suburb, but maybe that's just an area of town. I don't know. Maybe if somebody from Toronto wants to square me up on that, but it's not really the, the point. The point is, is that this is the guy who failed to win his seat as liberal provincial liberal leader in Ontario. And it's just a damn shame that, you know, it's, it's like bears where, you know, once you start feeding them, they can't really fend for themselves anymore. And then you just have to put them down. And politicians are a lot like that. Where, okay, well, shoot, he can't be a politician here anymore. You know, he doesn't go work at a sawmill. He doesn't get a pair of steel-toed boots and start running a forklift. He doesn't learn how to snap rod wrenches. He just goes for the next political gig. And gets called out on it. Gets called out on it hard. And they're all over him. Like, you think he wins? Or you think he loses just like in a landslide loss? If you're putting money on it. Here's, I, I, w I wouldn't put money on it. My problem is, is that when I start looking at people east of Manitoba, I just straight up don't understand them. Right? And, and they're... I, I, the Maritimers are going to get mad when I group them all into one, but they're, they're similar. And then you've got Quebec urban, Quebec rural, Ontario urban and Ontario rural. And I would say that Ontario rural and actually even Quebec rural are a lot more similar to us than, than we really think about, but the rest of them, I just, there's, there's a disconnect there where I don't know, maybe I need to spend more time there. But I don't understand the way they process things. I don't understand their perspective. And it makes them notoriously unpredictable for me. Hmm. 
Well, here, here was what I thought was the happy news of the day. And I, I gotta be honest, folks, when I was reading through the notes, I'm like, I don't know if this is exactly a happy headline because although it did make me laugh when I saw it, but here, here it goes. NDP now hates economics and ice. And if you missed this, this was the NDP MP Benita Zarillo. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, she's since I hope deleted- you're saying it wrong. Oh, sure. Uh, she she recently deleted this tweet, but every this tweet this tweet literally caught fire. She says, "Is indoor skating ice even a necessity anymore? Can every ice sport be done without ice and different equipment?" Just pondering the climate impact of human-made indoor ice. What do you think, Tuz? Could you play hockey with no ice? I mean, you could play ball hockey. You could get, you know, that's, you know, the the squishy orange foam puck. You know, I mean, you got options, right? I mean, how many of us played hockey in the basement with those tiny little sticks? You know, you have like eight of your buddies in there and your parents wouldn't even put drywall up until every boy in the house was at least 14 because there was no point to it, right? <laughs> I I mean, she's. But you're not going to see NHL players do that. Although you should, that would be really fun. If that would be a great little skit, wouldn't it? Well, no, not even a skit. Like that could be. I would pay money to see. You know, even just like get Ronick and Dingman and Flurry and a few other ones just on their knees with the little skit with the little sticks and the little puck, just just having a fun time with just that that classic thing we all grew up with, right? But it's fun as a novelty. And there's still those a games, lot to ice. Those that- games us- usually ended with somebody losing and chasing the other one around with those little sticks. I don't know how many how many uh, fights came after a little game of mini sticks. There was a lot. There was a lot, lot. Well, but- maybe, maybe they don't invite McSorley then. Or... <laughs> who's... <laughs> who's the guy he hit? I can't think of his name. Oh, I can't remember. I mean, he God. was only in the league for like one I can see shift. him in my head. Oh, um, this is terrible. This is terrible. I got I'm searching now. Brashear, Donald Brashear. Oh, my God. Like that. I think it'd be even better invite Donald Brashear and McSorley and have a mini stick game. Everyone would tune into that. Yeah. But what if it was a repeat, dude? And have, and have like Bissonette, have spitting chiclets like... Like totally like mic'd up, like doing the announcing for it. I mean, it'd be a pay-per-view. It'd be yep. great. It'd yeah, be great. and then and then you're gonna have Sean Avery and the Undertaker show up unexpectedly. Sure. Actually, you know what? That might be a really good idea. I mean, uh, except I think the Undertaker's dead now, but you can get like Bret Hart or something. <laughs> Bret Hart's still alive. Anyways, no ice in an arena. I mean, you really, can't get really, Owen, really but poor you idea. Okay, let's. Let's go on to our final thing. A good soup warms the soul. Here's some happy news. Okay, happy news here. Uh, Andrew, oh man, that's a name. Urquhart? I hope I'm Urquhart. saying that. Yeah. Today I went to the Unicorn Restaurant to buy wonton soup broth. My father-in-law was rushed to Regina by ambulance, and the outlook isn't great. He is on a liquid diet, and this place makes amazing soup. Anyway, it was time to pay, but the owner wouldn't accept my money. So that's a, a Chinese restaurant called the Unicorn Restaurant in Regina, uh, doing the you know doing something pretty cool for a guy who's you know obviously uh, in some tough shape or has a family member in tough shape. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, 
you know, your cost to make broth is fairly low. At the same time, though, it's pretty hard to make a living as any sort of a hospitality thing, especially over the last few years. And so for someone to just be like, oh, well, you know what, whatever I can do to help just to a random stranger, this is the kind of thing that you romanticize about with Saskatchewan and, uh, you know, just that, that classic shirt off your back. And I think it was a wonderful story that I hope absolutely happened. Again, yes. not this, this isn't verified um, to the same uh, I, the other once stuff. Again, is, I th- I but I've got really cool. no reason to doubt it, right? I think um, it's a pretty but, cool story. Yes, I thought it was great. Uh, another and another thing I should who, point out that's not that, good soup. that's that's good news is Canada World Juniors winning gold in overtime, three two over Finland. I don't know if you saw the captain knock that puck out of the air so it didn't go in the net. No, I, by that blank look, on I did not face. see that. No, oh my no, god! I mean, I knew that they were going on, but I yeah, I've been working like a son of a bitch lately. So unless well, don't blame yourself. It's yeah. literally August and the World Juniors are going on. I don't know how many people I've walked in and you, you watch it and I'm like, no. Well, why? It's August. Uh, hand up if you didn't watch it. I'm sitting here. I didn't like. I, I was getting updates. I was, you know, I'm busy with kids and things and Lake and, you know, just life. It's August. I don't want to watch World Juniors. I hope the World Junior Committee's hearing that. Put it back in December, which I believe is happening this year. Everybody relax. And uh, to me, it's still happy news because Canada wins gold anytime that happens, especially at the World Juniors is uh is pretty special for the country and uh i'm looking forward to when it's back at its rightful place boxing day into the early new year of january so i'm excited for that anyways happy news happy 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 way to end it is nice but it's almost kind of half-assed expected especially well i would say any junior or female hockey team uh hockey league especially where you're like okay well canada's in it and you don't even really tune in because you're like, okay, well, they're going to win gold. They're going to win gold. No, I don't. Right? But, and, but, I mean, no. it's, it's like curling. Like, we're finally getting to a point on the world stage where I think it was Japan beat the, well, whomever it was. Um, you know, we're finally not winning every single freaking end of curling, which is a damn shame because, you know, we're good at it. I met Sandra Schmerler one time. I even got a hold of medal. That was kind of cool. But uh, in I the mean, world, yet, in the world, here we go. Multiple sports. You can't, you can't curl on a rubber mat. You need the ice. Um, you could do shuffleboard style. There's no ice there. I don't know. Can you really curl shuffleboard pucks? I don't know. But, I mean, that's that's somewhere. The, there's someone the who's talented it, right? who can make those things just go. Old Freddie, he's been in the old folks' home for 17 years. He's lost his wife, and all he does is shuffleboard. You don't want to come up against that guy. Yeah, but can he curl? Like that's the thing, right? Like when you look at curling rocks, they come from exactly two quarries in the world because you need granite that has absolutely no quartz in it for the curling rocks. So you want to talk about monopolies? There you go. Every time you want to buy a curling that rock, would, it's got I'll to tell come you from what, one or two I places. Do, and I, one of them, I, I think, is Scotland. Scotland again. I do a story on curling rocks and how purified they are. I mean, that might be the best episode I ever do. I might have to call it quits after that. I mean, Canada needs to hear that story, do they not? 
Okay, you're going to have Jeremy McKenzie on, and then you're going to talk about purity in any other sense. It's totally going to get taken out of context. <laughs> well, Tuz, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for uh, making it work. Uh, you know, I, certainly uh, you're repaying the favor because I was once upon a time almost dying in a broom closet and uh, seeing you on the other <laughs> side sitting in the dark, uh, making it work off another person's phone, whoever that is. Hey, shout out to them for, for lending it to you so you yeah. can make this happen. For lending it to me and then running back to grab my phone. That was that was pretty deadly. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, everybody makes hey, dumb mistakes uh, from time to time. Uh, the the one thing we didn't give a shout out to is the consultant that uh, you were late to last week. Who who was that? I was pretty much right on time. I think I you were pretty much minutes, right you on were a couple time. minutes late. You really? Maybe like seventeen seconds late. Okay, I'm sure 17. he didn't even notice. <laughs> anyway, the guy's a total beauty. We've been friends for years, and he was like, "Ah, it's all good. Don't worry about it." As he's listening to, us. and then and then he was listening to it that day. So that's right. That's right. Yeah. Kudos to you, sir. Kudos to you. Anyways, I'm getting the heck out of here. Thanks, Tuesday. We'll catch you next uh, next Tuesday. All right. See you, buddy.